Welcome to the San Diego Screenwriter Studio. I'm Gail Stewart, along with my co-host, Raul Sandalin. Happy Friday, Gail. Oh, so glad. Hey, we go back to school today. We're going to remind ourselves about the basic rules, but if you're in my situation, to actually learn some new rules. Now, I know the rules for writing a television script. I've completed two of them, but a feature film is very Different. It's a difference between a sprint and a marathon. And you've been brainstorming. You're going to share your 28-scene screenplay method. How on earth did you come up with this? Well, once again, I got conned into teaching summer school. Every year I say it won't happen again, but every year it happens again. It happens. So I'm at summer school for the, the rest of the summer. My students were asking me for some kind of brainstorming exercise, kind of push us out of the mud, jumpstart us. Yes. You know, if we could really get going with some momentum behind us, we think we could write an entire screenplay. However, we need that big jump at the start. So I wanted to come up with some kind of brainstorming method that packs a punch. Good. And that's the 28 scene screenplay method, which I will share. All right. So that's coming up. And then I have enrolled in a beginning screenwriters class at Story Summit. I just want to mention it. We get a lot of our ideas for our show from Story Summit. They're excellent. I'm working with Rex McGee. It is an eight-week live interactive workshop. And Rex is a screenwriter, script consultant, and he was the protege of Billy Wilder. Okay, and last night was our first class. It was also the 117th birthday of Billy Wilder. It was a long time ago. And Rex was a little sentimental, Raul, and he shared some of his precious photos of Billy Wilder and him on sets, you know, with him at 22 peering over Billy Wilder's shoulder. And the connection between those two is so great. I'll share all about how they met, and it's just a great story. That's great, and there's a lot of San Diego connections, too. Some like it hot. Right, we'll Um, talk about them. We're coming up on the San Diego Screenwriter Studio, so sit tight and write. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the San Diego Screenwriter Studio. I'm Gail Stewart along with Raul Sandlin, and we are talking about Raul's new creation. Oh my goodness, the 28 scene screenplay method. What the heck? The new Frankenstein. <laughs> oh my goodness, you come up with some stuff, man. <laughs> I try my best, I work at it. Actually, like I said, I'm teaching summer school, and summer school is always a compact thing. You have to always do a lot in a little bit of time. Yep. So you have to make everything count, every second, every lesson count. And as I said, some of my students were asking me for something to give them a good jump start. So I've come up with this 28-scene screenplay method, and it's a way to get you, if you want to just start writing your screenplay or if you want to use it to the bitter end and write the entire screenplay, Mm -hmm. uh, you can... uh, go in either direction. Right. But the basic thesis is that a movie, and you were talking about feature-length movies, which are about 90 minutes to 100 minutes, something in that, 
um, is made up of about 28 scenes. Right. And this is all given, give or take. But if you want to use the 28 scenes, that's a great place to start. And then each scene has anywhere between one to four shots. So some scenes have one shot only, and other scenes will have multiple shots that make up that entire scene. And we were talking about a great example that you had. Oh, from Mad Men. Yeah, yeah. I've been binging Mad Men. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm late to the game on it. You know, it came out in 2007, but I just, for one one reason or another, I just never got around to watching it. But there was a one scene, it's when he's he's cheating on his wife and he is thinking about going away. Actually, they plan to get away, him and the, uh, the school teacher. And so they drive to his house to pick up, I think, his suitcase or something. And he says, just wait in the car. I'll be right out. Meanwhile, Betsy and the kids, his wife, are supposed to be away for the entire week. That's why he has the free time, right? And so he walks into the dark house. It's all dark from the street. He doesn't suspect anything, but he walks in the door and all of a sudden you hear this, hi, daddy, (laughs) and the kids are home. And then Betsy walks out. And she looks at him, and she in the prior scenes, she had discovered the secret box in his desk drawer, which exposes his double life mm-hmm. and the big lie of the marriage it exposes. And so she's like, looks at him and says, we need to talk. And he's like, it, it hits him. It hits him. The scene hits with him realizing he's not going back out that door. But, you know, he walks in the door. That's the first shot, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, he says, I'll be just a moment. For in shot. the car with the, the girl. With the girl. I'll be just a moment. He gets out. He walks in the front door. You see, you hear, hi, daddy. You see his expression up close. And then you see Betsy walk uh, out of the light. Uh, so it is like, oh, my Goodness. And then you said the poor girl is in the car and she waits right. and waits and finally kind of stumbles well, away. You know, Betsy and Matt and Don Draper are having a huge argument, right? Mm-hmm. Huge come to Jesus talk, right? And then after that, you see the girl, you know, open the Cadillac door, bend in the back seat, grab her suitcase, close the door quietly and just take off down the street, you know, hoofing it home. The walk of shame. Well, I don't know if it's the walk of shame. It's the walk of disappointment for sure. The walk of getting stood up, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyhow, and yeah, great scene. Great example, great scene, uh, and an example of how a scene has multiple shots. And right? the tension that was caused, caused, exactly. uh, you know, caused by those shots, the specific tension that hit his face and then... His, and then also when Betsy showed him that she knew about the box mm-hmm. with there, all the pictures and a, the double life. So there was a reveal, a revelation yes, going yes. on. Yes, big, big, big time for him. Yeah, so lots of little shots, lots of drama, lots of tension, big reveal at the In end. In each shot, there was drama. You're, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So that's one of the big things in this one, right? In your uh, method. Also, I liked, I just want to say one more thing because that scene struck me so strongly is how he's locked in he can't go outside oh he's caged but remember (laughs) he drove up with his girlfriend who is outside so there's this dilemma and he can't do anything but leave her in the car right and he i think he says for a moment uh i need to go back out to the car and she's betsy's like no you're not going anywhere Mm -hmm. oh he says i'm supposed to be at work i'm supposed to go back to work she goes no Mm -hmm. you're not going 
There's a great scene in 2001, A Space Odyssey, when the guy's umbilical cord, space cord Mm -hmm. breaks. Yes. And there's nothing they can do but sort of make eye contact while the astronaut drifts off into the cold. Yeah. And they can see each other. You know, they're looking back and forth, but but there's nothing you can do. Yeah. And it's sort of that same, you know, you're locked in, you're Mm -hmm. stuck. Okay, so you got Act Two. What is this? Develop B and C stories, right? Yeah. Well, basically, the method has numbered these scenes one through twenty-eight. Okay. And there's specific things you want to do throughout a movie. For instance, you want to start with something exciting. So you want an action open. You know, sword fight, something chasing. You know, at some point early on, you want to introduce the main character and the setting. Early on, you want to introduce the other characters and the antagonist. So these are sort of common sense things that you will do with a movie, and any screenwriter does them, but instead of, you know, just listing them 1 to 28, a screenwriter will work all of these things into specific scenes. So so the idea is to take these 28 scenes... And I'm going to just go through these steps very quickly. Sure, sure. And if anybody wants to contact me, I'm readily available on the internet. Oh, Raul he's all Sandlin. Over, he's all over it. <laughs> there's there's two Raul Sandlins on planet Earth. Mm. One lives in San Diego, and the other lives in Finland and sells vodka and Volvos. Okay, <laughs> nice. I'm not that. As much as I would love to sell vodka and Volvos, I'm not that guy. Okay. So if you find the Raul Sandlin and San Diego, that's probably me. All right. So anyway, if you have any ideas or want to just dialogue on this, contact me. But here's the gist. Uh, Take 28 pieces of paper, eight and a half by 11 pieces of paper, and number them one through 28. Again, the 28 scenes. I also have uh, scene headers or titles that you can write, like, you know, action open, main character slash setting, things like that just to help guide you through the thing. And then you spend 28 days, one day per sheet of paper, one day per scene, developing it with Mm. your ideas, brainstorming. Mm -hmm. You can write stuff down. You can draw little pictures, you know, alley chases, foot chases, uh, foot races. They'll often go put together some kind of flow diagram to show where the cars are going or where the people are running. Mm -hmm. So you just fill up these pages with ideas for that scene. And again, they have to answer, you know, uh, the questions or, you know, the objectives of that scene. So if it's an an action open, you know, it has to do the things that you want at the very beginning of a movie. You know, if it's the scene that introduces the main character, it has to do all of those things so that we understand the main character. So it's not just a free form. You have to do certain things in each scene, but you have the liberty of just sort of freely doodling. Okay, that's it. That's a really good exercise. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And then once you've done that, you know, and filled up all 28 pages in 28 days, then the idea is that you go around and do the exact same thing, but now you take each scene and write it out using Final Draft or whatever your your screenwriting software is. Fill out the pages out a minute per page. So a 28-minute brainstorm? Absolutely. Wow. Just Yeah, you just kind of power through it, right? 
And I mean, that's just to get your juices flowing. You can go back and fill in all the blanks you want and for a day on each scene, right? Sure, sure. Or yeah. even at like an hour exercise and two minutes per scene, you know, something right. just to give people a little bit of time. Yeah. But I like that idea. So sort of on the, it's you like know. speed dating. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. but you're speed thinking. So the, the on the, the stopwatch, kind of the time is Well, ticking. yeah. I mean, you get a minute. You get a minute to set up a scene, right? Mm-hmm. And what is the scene? For, you know, I mean certainly when they sit down to write this 28 scene screenplay method they have to have some type of idea of where they're going with their story right they already know it's an action isn't always the opening sometimes it's a slow burn you know it can be right yes. yes it's a slow burn they're not as exciting sure but you really pbs actually does a great job of doing a slow burn they take a while but they give you that ingredient of a real good backstory that enriches the character for mm-hmm. you. So you really understand this character and why he does or she does what she does, right? PBS is fantastic about that. So, yeah, this is great, Raul. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about it, yeah. and, I, and I'm not sure where I'm going to go with it. Well, um, I, let's, the, I think the test will be, the acid test will be whether these students come up with something, right? Exactly. After 28 days. And again, if anybody wants to contact me and talk to me more about this, we can. Uh, just... I think what's important is that on the two-page handout, the 28-scene screenplay method, they, they have Act 1, Action Open, Main Character Setting, other characters, potential BC, romantic stories. You introduce your antagonist, define the conflict. You're kind of hitting the main points of how you get you get going, right? What they, what they are are the 28 plot points. Yeah, there you go. We've, yeah. we've talked about plot points and all the little things that you have to tick off when mm-hmm. you're putting a plot together. And that's what these are. All right. Well, thank you, Raul. I appreciate it. And I'm sure our listeners appreciate it. It'll, it's a great writing exercise for anybody. Thank you. And you're very welcome. Well, there you go. See, we always come back with something really good on the San Diego Screenwriters Studio. I don't know. Every week. This has been fun. So we'll be right back because now we're going to talk about Screenwriting 101. I'm telling you, it's coming up. Stay tuned. You're listening to the San Diego Screenwriter Studio. As you may know, I've mentioned it in other episodes. I'm writing a feature film, and it's been tough. Raul, you know, it's I've struggled with this one, man. That's why very few people do it. I swear, or ever get them, you know, optioned. Yeah, it's difficult. It's very difficult. So it's been so tough that I actually broke down and I've enrolled in a screenwriting 101 class. I thought you were going to say you broke down and cried. That's what I did. But anyway. <laughs> Anyhow, I'm, I, I'm at Story Summit, which is this great program. You can find them on the web. And it's a class with Rex McGee, who is actually a protege of Billy Wilder. Yes, the Some Like It Hot guy, if you've never heard of him. Anyhow, Billy Wilder died several decades ago, but still his reputation is just yeah. renowned. He's from the golden age of Hollywood. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And yeah, the Some Like It Hot guy they filmed right at the Coronado. Yeah, yeah. He And he, along with other people like Frank Capra, they sort of defined Hollywood filmmaking. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They really did. So anyhow, we're doing this uh, class, the basics, and it was really interesting. Last night was my first night. Anyhow, so some of the screenwriting basics that we went over on one of the handouts was what is the situation, you know, and I think you touched on it 
in the prior uh, segment with you, right? Because you kind of lay out each one when we're talking about it. Like when, let's look at your first one, uh, Raul. Here it is. Um, the action open, main character setting, uh, the introduce the antagonist, define the conflict. So, of course, the second situation is what is the problem? What's the conflict in the situation, right? So you've defined the situation, you define the conflict. Who's the main hero, right? The hero's journey. And this is the hardest part for me is why should we care about her? Why should we care? You know, how do you make somebody care about your character? What compels people to have empathy or sympathy for that person? A sympathetic character. Well, yeah, yeah I know. But what makes yeah. a sympathetic character? Is it because, you know, they, they're dysfunctional? Is it because they grew up poor? Is it because they grew up rich and neglected? I mean, what defines that? The hero is always trying to do something. And the, I think a sympathetic character is when you want the hero or that character to succeed. Right. If you want them to fail, then they aren't. You. Yeah, I know. But what is it about mm-hmm. a character that makes you want them to succeed? This is a good question. And this in itself is a good brainstorming exercise. But I would say we sympathize with a character if their goal is worthy. If we want that goal to... Yeah, but what about the backstory of the person? If we know a little bit about them, you know, what makes a character really kind of make us feel sorry for that character or or better, make us want that character to win or to get his goal, to accomplish it? Is it because we see ourselves in that character? We feel sorry for that character or we're just rooting for him because he's the underdog? Right. We feel sorry for him. Yeah, we feel sorry for him or or we love him. We fall in love with characters. Maybe it's because we feel for that character. Is it we feel something? We feel something. Well, emotion. You want to evoke emotion and whatever that is, you want to have that in that character to make that person compelling. So and excellent question. Yeah. And I'm having a hard time with that in with my protagonist. How do I make somebody feel sorry for this girl other than she lost her father? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, that's sad enough right there. Yeah, right. The yeah. father figure was out, gone from the picture. And so once we look at what she what what makes her compelling and maybe it's because it's her sense of humor or maybe it's the way she treats people maybe it's you know the way she dresses i don't know you know it's very difficult to kind of pin it down and make us really care about that character in fact that i think has been my biggest stumbling block on this whole thing i was told once that one of the most um admirable qualities that somebody can have is if they try they yeah. don't have to succeed. Right. They just try. If they get Rocky. up every morning right. and try. Yeah, Rocky. And even I, I, it, it reminds me of the REM song, Losing My Religion. <laughs> Michael Stipe says, I think I thought I saw you try. <laughs> all, he wanted to, all he wanted this person to do was oh, that's, try. That is so funny. <laughs> so, you know, it's sort of that thing. When we see a character trying, yeah. you know, trying and not succeeding, trying to climb the wall and slipping back down yeah that might be one of the reasons we care about them also right and that's because we see ourselves because how many yeah. times in our lifetime have we had failures where we went to go get something and we just it we didn't make the grade yeah man. we just try didn't. try again right, and right. still don't make right. the grade. Yeah. yeah 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 absolutely so then um you know what's stopping the character from 
accomplishing that with some force or something? And are, is the is our is our hero or protagonist going to really get what they want? How is the antagonist going to stop that person? We have that's a question that has to be answered, right? And then also. Is it a win, lose, or draw at the end? And you talked about this last week, right? Is it a, is it, do we just walk away and, you know, come back and fight another day? Yeah. Cause, and in the real world, it's never easy. So it's not, you know, the, the guy and the, the man in the white hat wins unequivocally. Right. It's, it's, it's always more complicated. It's huh? so much more complicated. And then, of course, the main point of screenwriting basics is that at the end of the story, at the end of the film, our protagonist has to transform herself. And that is really, the transformation makes the satisfaction, right? And the transformation is always complicated. I remember going back to Shakespeare's Hamlet, Mm because this was always an example. Many people considered Hamlet the um, the first modernist. Uh, script. Okay. Okay. Um, And one of the reasons is that at the end, Hamlet saves the kingdom. Yes. Okay. Redeems the kingdom. So he does what a traditional classical hero does. He saves society, but because he's been stabbed, he dies. Oh, that's so sad. Yes. Sad ending. And at the, also at the, when he's about to die, he realizes he was right all along. So there's these three revelations that occur, but because he's going to die, he doesn't get to live the live another day. Right. So there's this sort of again lock-in where we feel, you know, we don't want him to die. He's done so much to save us, but alas, the you know the fatal wound is going to take him away. Yeah, and then we, uh, d- you know, they um, recommend screenwriting exercises, and mm-hmm. you have your 28 scene uh, screenplay method, but this is just something. You know, you put you start putting down character names, right? And this is something that I also learned at the Scotland retreat is where we did a backstory on our character. What event in that character's life caused them to be the way they are? Okay, there's something Motive. in the backstory that caused them to we- to be the way they are. So, but just at the off the top of your head. Put down your character's name and then have them say something, right? Have something that character would say. What would that character say if they walked into a, a coffee shop and they and they saw somebody they knew? What would they say, you know, if the, all they can talk about is, you know, the Padre game. They won yesterday, right? If that's all they could talk about. Why would, you know, it's just, they said, just start letting the character talk and just go with it, free verse. Sort and of write vo- it. vocalize Yes, it. yes, yeah. yes. So you get to... To, 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 to kind of, so you get a picture of how that character would act. And as we all know, when we start writing, it's that free verse that comes, that dialogue mm-hmm. in the inner head that just lets you go with it, right? And you just, I just let give mine full reign to just go, go wherever you want to go with it until, you know, I rein you in because you say something stupid or something, right? And so, when, when you can get to that point where that voice in your head is just sort of free flowing, that's what, that's the envy of 99% of the screenwriters out there. Right. And it, it doesn't matter. Just get the thoughts down. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things about screenwriting exercises is just get the thoughts down so that you have them. And it provides kind of a, maybe a basic for a basis for, uh, you know, whether it's a treatment or your character's backstory or, or the theme of your film, 
right? It's all about doing that. So kind of getting all that together. So those were some of the tips that we talked about. But I think one of the the really enjoyable things about last night's class was the actual personal story that Rex told uh, about Billy Wilder and how he met him. And um, I'm actually paraphrasing, obviously. But so Rex was going to school at UCLA Film School. And he had seen one of Billy Wilder's movies. I forget which one it was, but he mentioned it last night. And he said, you know, and I wrote him a letter, you know, and and actually Chris Sariano, the uh, filmmaker here in San Diego. San Diego yeah, yes. he's very good at this, too. So mm-hmm. write him an email. That's what he told me. Write him an email. Write him an email. Anyhow, Billy uh, Rex McGee wrote Billy Wilder a letter and sent it to uh, his address. He had his address and sent it to his address in Hollywood saying that I'm really sorry that your last movie didn't make as much money as it should have, right? Billy Wilder, he included his phone number. Billy Wilder called him at UCLA Film School and said, why don't you come up to Hollywood and come see me at the studio? And so Rex went up there and met Billy Wilder in person. So he was a little bit snarky. He wasn't just, I love you, Billy Wilder, no, you're my idol. It did. was kind of like, you <laughs> know, sorry. gave him a little criticism well, or a little, uh, you know, poke in the ribs. Billy Wilder was funny, right? Yeah, he, yeah. He, he so could he appreci- got it. Yeah, he could appreciate yeah. it. And so anyhow, Rex goes up to the studio and Billy Wilder really likes him. And he's a 22-year-old kid. Billy Wilder says, you know what? I'm going to give you a job. I like you, kid. And he gives him a job as his aide. Hands over all his scripts, says, I want you to know what I write, how I write it, why I write it. So read the scripts. And then he went into the uh, the studio, private film theater, and got to see all Billy Wilder's films. And then he had all these precious, precious pictures of him staring over, peering over the shoulder of Billy Wilder are on set with a, uh, a camera and taking certain shots. One with this Henry Fonda on a Greek island. I mean, just in, the guy, even he said, he goes, Rex, he goes, I don't know how I got so lucky, but I did. So he was like Wilder's assistant? Absolutely, wow. yes, yes, yes. He was his protege. Yeah. Do, do you know how long he well, hung years, out? Years, years, wow. years, years. So, I mean, it was a great experience last night. I look forward to it. it as I said, it's an eight-week eight course, um, Screenwriting 101. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it costs some money. But uh, for me, I need to learn this stuff. And I guess I could go to a community college and spend my summer with you. But I'm spending yes. my summer with you anyhow. Dude. So I have to spend my time at a community college alone. No, actually, I've got a great group of students this summer. We're having lots of fun. Good. Yeah. Good, Who good. needs to be out in the fun in the sun all day long? That's right? right. It gets boring out there. Hey, so listen, we're going to come back with some final thoughts. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the San Diego Screenwriter Studio with Raul Sandelin and Gail Stewart at your service. We'll be right back. You're listening to the San Diego Screenwriter Studio. We're just about to close the studio door. But before we do, there's a couple of things we want to let you know about. The La Jolla International Fashion Film Festival is the 13th La Jolla Annual. It's going to be held July 29th through the 30th. This should be really interesting. Kind of different, right? Well, La Jolla is the gay Paris of San Diego, right? Mm. So that's where all the fashion and international people are. Yeah, this is going to 
be really fun. The films that make it into the final program will represent some of the most brilliant and creative directors in filmmaking today. So I may have to go by and see it. Yeah, sounds like a good event. Yeah, and some new movies are coming out. I know Bear is the second season or third season of Bear is dropping this week. That's really great. Yeah, I'm sure there are some serious films dropping also, but I've got a new one, okay. and it's a rom-com. Yes. Uh, with Jennifer Lawrence. It's Ooh. called No Hard Feelings, and it's, a, it's about a young woman who needs to save the family house, and she's an Uber driver, and she can't get work. So she's hired by uh, some yuppie rich parents to court their 19-year-old son who won't come out of his room. Yeah, he's failure to launch there people yeah so she's supposed to turn him into a man if you know what i mean yes and reluctantly he doesn't seem to want to become a man so there's that conflict yeah. you know she wants to take him to a brave new world and he doesn't want to go and there's another one that's called The Perfect Fine with uh, Gabriel Union, stars as a 40-year-old fashion editor who hits it off with a younger man, Keith Powers, only to find out later that he's the son of her new boss, a media mogul played by Gina Torres. So this is a new movie coming out. When you said that, and that sounds like the tagline of the movie, yeah. I said to myself, oops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you find yourself reading the tagline, the characters, the conflict, and you say, uh-oh, yeah. that's a good thing. There it is. Right? It's called The Perfect Mind. So that's a couple of new movies to see that are dropping this week and uh, should be fun. So enjoy the summer. It's begun. And we'll say goodbye. For now, but we'll, we'll be here all summer. And then some. And then some. You're listening to the San Diego Screenwriters Studio on KNSJ, San Diego's only social justice network. Oh, thank you.